There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. to the Wise Men Say preview show. We're back to look at Sunderland's trip to Ashton Gate on Saturday afternoon. I'm, as ever, joined by a man who's just come back for some, from some travels. It's Mr. Tom Walsh. Hello, Tom. Hello, Matthew. Yes, I have been travelling and it's been very nice. But, you know, I thought I'd race back so I can give some white hot takes <laughs> on uh, Sunderland AFC. Where have you been? I've been to Scandinavia, the very lovely yet very expensive Scandinavia. I was in Copenhagen, I went to Malmö, or Malmö, and then I went to Gothenburg to watch Rammstein, because I am a massive goth. Yeah. Were they good? They were <laughs> incredible. That did they play that all sound, that does sound incredible. Did they play all the hits? They did play all the hits, and it was all I don't in... Know them. No, Duhast, Sonner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then uh, well, know, Mr. James Ray is just chiming in um, here. He's, he's uh, he, well, maybe sorry. he's in Ramstein. Sorry, I just, I just, I just had to, I just had to, had to speak when when Ramstein was mentioned. Chomping at the bit awesome. to get involved. <laughs> Wait, the world's most positive man. Mm. Um, well, allegedly, according to you, according to you guys, anyway. Well, it is. It's not allegedly, like you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how are you? Are you feeling positive? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling great, unsurprisingly. Feeling good. Just, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on. Um, didn't go to the match last, last weekend, unfortunately, because I was away, but I did watch it. And I'm uh, looking forward to some, uh, just to getting some matches soon because I'm not, I'm not going this weekend either, but it's, uh, I can still preview it anyway. Have you just yeah. stopped going to the match? Or well, no, like... I was away. I was away. At some, I was at a music festival last weekend. So a popular music festival, eh? <laughs> yeah, one of those Pop music. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. So, like, it was one of them where on, we, on the Sunday, uh, we just sort of left and went to, went to the <laughs> Wasn't that good, <laughs> It was one of well, those no, festivals where we, we just went... left. No, well, we weren't planning on being there on the Sunday anyway, and not, I wanted to go watch the match. So right. we just went. It was in North Yorkshire, so near North Allerton. So I just went to North Allerton to watch the match. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, it sounds, sounds great, like mate. a terrible weekend. <laughs> well, we, we, the, 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 Friday, the Friday and Saturday, the festival were good, but there was nothing on the Sunday. Well, it was a festival yeah. that was that good, I'd rather spend an afternoon in North Allerton. <laughs> Effectively, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Okay. Uh, it was called uh, Deer Shed. Uh, so if anyone likes sort of indie music, sort of that type of thing, it's a north, it's it's off north northeast, so you should check it out next year. Well, I was going to say there's no point plugging it's finished now. Was um, the pop, what popular turns were they on? Oh yeah, what, what turns? Any canny turns on? 
Yeah. Uh, with the one, uh, there was Nadine Shah. Anyone knows her? She's, uh, she's uh, a new person. She's, she's, yeah. she's yeah, all black and white stuff. She's quite good. She's actually, she's actually from Whitburn. But, like, oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, there you she go. Uh, yeah. Another one, another <laughs> one doing the old Geordie yeah. uh, yeah. Kite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, she gave Sam Fender a shout out to her and herself. Oh, oh of course. course. Yeah, yeah. You broke the Geordie wall doing that, didn't you? Ramstein didn't do that. Uh, I'm not surprised. I love it. Welcome to the Newcastle United podcast. (laughs) Um, Cut them. Yeah, I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about, I don't want to talk about this either, but we're going to have to talk about um, Sunderland's, uh, well, Sunderland generally, really. Um, We drew last weekend. I know the lads have talked about it and I've talked about it. Anyone, Jim, have you got any uh, lingering thoughts on Sunday's game? Yeah, well, I mean, I think sort of, <clears throat> I sort of echo what a lot of people have said, and that it, it was, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be in some ways, but obviously it didn't highlight some of the issues that we've got in terms of like depth and stuff. I think, I think um, it kind of they scored pretty late, and I think that always takes the way you feel about a game afterwards, you know, because we were, mm-hmm. although in the second half it, we we were the second best team, we nearly we nearly sort of held out, and the fact that we didn't, I was a little bit. Sort of despondent after the match, but I thought, you know what, this is the first game back. Like you guys said, uh, obviously Coventry um, are a good side. Uh, last season, they were, you know, pushing the playoffs, I think, towards near the end and just sort of dropped away. So they definitely know, you know, most at this level. And I think it, it, it highlights the, the lack of depth that we've got. Um, I think the only worry I had that is obviously being covered was was Luke O'Neill's performance when he came on. I think he was partially responsible for the goal, could have been sent off. And mm. it just, uh, yeah, I think that was the only main negative for me. I think Jack Hart was really good. Everton was good. Pritchard was good. Uh, Patterson was good with what he had to do. Uh, Ballard was great, which was a good no, I would, I, I would No, I would agree. I think um, the... I, I know what you mean in terms of the goal coming late. Um I am actually, though, quite glad it did come late because I feel if they'd scored earlier... Yeah, we could have. It could have. They would have gone on, but um, it's an interesting. I think, point. I think. I think. In fairness, you know, the players. It's a first game, um, our first game back at this level, and it's um, certainly going to be the players will acclimatise and it will get easier for them. I think the more the more they play, I think we acquitted ourselves well against, like I said, a pretty good team. Um, and no, a good manager, know, a good, a good man, you know, a team with a good. It wasn't even like a team of good players, but with a you know, whose manager's not good. Like Mark Robbins is a really good manager of the championship. He's one that one of the best. Like kind of similar, like an older version of Alex Neil, I guess, in the way that he played his teams play. So I think we equip ourselves well in that regard as well. But the inexperience at the level is to be expected. Um, no, I am sorry. I just, I just, cause I'll for, you know, no, because I'll forget. I want to talk about, um, you raised the point there, which I wanted to talk about, uh, Luke O'Neill. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, um, I just got carried away as usual. As, as well, no, no, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine to get carried away. I just, I would have forgotten to talk about it. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it does kind of need bringing up, really, um, Tom, the, Luke O'Neill's interesting cameo towards the end. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good, was it? No. Um, I think I think it just kind of highlights that we need a bit of championship experience in in the middle of the the pitch. I was I was listening to the Alex Pritchard's interview after the game, and he was quite he was pretty honest about what he thinks we're going to be like. 
and it, it's the impression I I got. It's like we don't know how ready these players are for the championship. We don't know if there are going to be a um, step up. And I thought um, in in League One, when you bring on O nine, it kind of like it's usually to close the game out mm. because he can do that because he's been playing that role um, for pretty much all his career in League One. But the championship, he just looked like he was just floundering and just charging around the pitch, making just really stupid decisions. And he really should have been sent off for what was quite an atrocious uh, challenge. So, yeah, I think when he when he plays in midfield, he's the type of player who, if you're a good championship level midfield, he'd be quite easy to play against. I think yeah. the, that is their midfielder sort of showed. He looks quite. He can use his physicality yeah. against him. Type thing, he, he just looked like too like. Giddy. It's just yeah. like, oh, look, I'm going to charge around. You know, I put in a challenge against Roma and, you know, it, it went viral or something. But it's like, he he probably could have snapped that lad's ankle doing that. It was an awful tackle. And like, I can't was... <laughs> Like, you watched it on the, uh, the replay and I was like, wow, we've got, got away with it there. Um, yeah, so it just, I, I said it last week that I would like another, like, a proper, like, just championship bastard in the middle that knows this division and will give us a bit like essentially just a proven quality player at this level that we need because I'm not confident on Corey Evans, who I thought the game kind of passed him by. And the rest of our midfield is either young lads with potential like Dan Neal or just, you know, like mediocre League One players that, weren't actually that good for us in League One. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to just like rag on like Luke 09 because then we'll get this kind of, we'll get the backlash that we're just ragging on Luke 09 for a fourth season in a row. Um, no, but, yeah, well, we're not. Well, like, to be fair, he could have done more for the goal and he wasn't good really. And it's, yeah. it's just one, I just think, and we've said it and I'm not going to go on about it again. I just think if he's going to be on the pitch, just play him at right back. Yeah. yeah. It's also like, yeah. I, the thing with the goal, I think like in League One, you get away with that because yeah. no one's going to like, the lad they had up front, he's like, he's got a price tag of like 10 million quid. He's like yeah. a Swed- Swedish international. And it's like, it he was like the Euros of, for Sweden, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the level we're playing against now. We're not going to, we can't get bailed out all the time by like crap strikers. It's like, and this is, and Coventry are like, well, just a mid table team and they've got someone of that caliber. So, you know, you play against Watford, Burnley, Norwich, that lot, that like kind of upper echelon of the division. You can't give away like chances like that because they'll just punish you. Yeah, I think I think I think what you need is the issue with uh, sorry, just what one last thing on a nine. I think the issue is like his lack of technical ability is the issue. Yeah, because there are midfielders who are as physical or more physical than he is, but are a lot better at football. So yeah. you have to have a combination of the both. You can kind of get away with just one or the other in League One, and and like and, and to be fair, if you just want to sort of be. Uh, uh, stay up and do nothing else in the championship. You probably get away with players being like that just to do that. But we we should be looking. We want to do more. And it like look at Coventry's midfield. They're not big names. They're not like well known particularly players. But but they've been signed either from other countries or they've been signed from other championship clubs or they've been yeah. signed from Premier League clubs. For and they, they you know 
their technical ability, and that's the biggest difference in I think because the, the, the intensity obviously it's an intense game, but League One can be intense as well. I think the technical ability um, and some players will match it. Some players will rise. So like Dan Neal's a technical player; he looked absolutely fine until he got tired. Apart um, from what he. I would argue that was, was the result of him. You know, it was his first game at a higher level. He played well. And, and, and you know, mentally it is tiring. And he'll, he, yeah. he can move on from that. Whereas I'm not sure Luke Nine will move on from his limitations because I think his limitations are kind of more that's just what he is as a player. He just dives, so, he just dives in far too much. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, there's players who are just as big and strong as him, but are much more, who will be, you can take the ball past him. They don't, they don't even need. To get a phys- get physical with him, we need to have, like Tom says, either a proven operator at this level or a player who's not necessarily played at this level but has the technical ability to to play at this level. Um, we do because because we can't necessarily go and sign like one of the best championship midfielders, but there's there's players regularly come into the league from from abroad, maybe you know that either top or second tiers and countries like France, Belgium, Holland who have the ability to play in the championship and then come here to make their name. Maybe that's that's an avenue we could look well, at as well. Well, yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not bad. I, I, I we keep we we were talking about this last week. How we need how we need someone to come and play midfield. I personally couldn't give you a name of someone who I want to play yeah. midfield, but that's not my job. Um, it, it's also like if we think talking about transfers, it's like what we've been linked with like the past week or so, or like that's apparently quite close is signing Broadhead again, and it's like. We're just rebuilding that team that won a, like got us promoted in League One. Yeah. We've not actually bought a part, like Ballard, like had a had a full season in the Championship, and you can tell because so far he looks like a bit of a. He knew what he was doing, didn't he? He was fine. With, yeah. The only time your career's got any changes when he dropped back and, for that goal when he was up against Ballard, he was getting nothing really, wasn't he? Yeah, and it's it's that like that's the kind of signing we we need like team like players with Championship experience. Signing someone like um, Broadhead, like, you know, he was good last season. Um, I don't know. Like, after after you see championship football again for yeah. the first time yeah, in a long yeah. time, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, this is this is really different. It's really, it's more physical, it's quicker. And teams are going to, like, a team like Coventry, like, again, mid-level, they're going to come at you because they know they can beat you if, you know, if... We're not at it, and there's a lot of good players in the championship as well, like like yeah. the international players. So yes, it is physical and quick, but also the levels just higher, and you can see that. Like certain yeah. players, like again, just mentioned Mo Nine. It's like he just stood out as a player who really didn't look comfortable with the level the, of game was being played. That no, more than any other player did. You've got like the it's the game doesn't stop. Like the balls in play a lot more. The game yeah. doesn't stop. Uh, and uh, you do. It's a good point, Tom. I haven't watched that first game. You do wonder mm, how good would Broadhead be in this division? Like yeah. he's not. He got away. Like he looked great last season in the games he played because he would just completely roast these clogger defenders. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's, he'd just peel off them or just run, sim- just run past them because he's faster than them. I mean, Coventry had um, McFadden, who's to be honest, isn't very good. No. But he's still got the nous that you wouldn't have in League League One in order. He knows he's not very quick, so I'll just like foul you then, or I'll just like be clever. Technically, Broadhead would be fine. My worry would be physically. I think with him because um, he although he's quite quick, he's he's quite slight, isn't he? And I think that yeah, um, 
you know, and, and to say technically, I think technically he'd be able to play at the level, but he wouldn't be better than all the defenders he play against, like you said, he was in League One. So no, he would and definitely I think... find it a lot harder. I think he could acclimatise, but I would worry about hanging loads on him straight away. I a lot would depend. A lot would depend on the deal you're going to get as well. There's talk, Tom, of um, Everton offer him a new deal, which is I find a bit weird because he's 24, but uh, th- he's th- also had no preseason, yeah, which is a worry for a man that has a lot of muscle injuries. I mean, yeah. it's like, I think the the idea of Everton giving him a, another like a new deal is kind of like they're hoping. That yeah. he goes to us, we stay up in the championship, and then we're like, "Oh right, here's eight million pounds yeah. or something ridiculous." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, which, of course, we will do that. Yeah, and it, yeah, but the thing is, he's like, he's not young. When we no, talk, that's, no. When we talk about him, you, you're talking about like as if he's like twenty, twenty-one, but he's like twenty-four. Yeah. And like it's uh, the only games know. he's played really were those games last season for us. Like yeah, I think he, had, he had about tw- right. a dozen Gibbs games at the same third. age. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. So, Gibbs is 24, Broadhead's 24. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, so not to say Broadhead couldn't be as good, but I think that they're the levels that we're working with here, aren't they? In terms of like, no, we're that's... all impressed with him. And he's a striker, like you said, Tom, for a mid table team. So, um, if that's the level we, 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 we're playing with, we maybe, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say I don't want Broadhead because I do, but I think... No, I don't. I, I do as well. I think I he'd just, be a decent yeah, addition. It's hard, we need. it's hard to know how good he's going to be because of the limitations we either did see last year in terms of injuries and, and in my opinion, physicality as well. Well, we do, like, I, we, you mentioned, we, we've mentioned, you know, seeing what championship football is actually like again. And I think, just quickly before we have a break, you, you'll have watched this game, Jim, um, I watched Watford Sheffield United on on Monday, and I thought the game was fairly abysmal, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my worry was um, I watched Watford's goal, and I thought we're going to get caught so many times, yeah. like Sheffield United did this season. Yeah, the speed, the, that Watford the speed of that break, fact, even frightened. the way that like the Sheffield United players all missed the ball at the same time. I could yeah. literally picture our defense doing that exactly. You know the way the midfielder missed it. Like they all missed it, but then Watford had broken so quickly yeah. they had a man over yeah. anyway, so it didn't matter yeah. for what. And then they put it in, and it was a good goal. I just thought I'd mention. I don't know if you saw it, Tom, but it was the it was the uh, the typical breakaway breakaway from. They were dicking about with the corner basically, and uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah. and the ref kind of got in the way. The of it. Yeah, it was it was it was the type of goal that you were like, yeah, you're right, Matt. I think that especially with our because we do have a certain lack of pace I think at the back bar bar um bar Sirkin, who is quite quick obviously Bart right Barard none of them particularly quick so uh we will get caught on the break mm. uh, especially, I will, I will. If mid, especially if our midfield because Evans isn't quick either um I mean the only quick the only midfield of pace we probably got would be arguably Matete but there's other other reasons why you wouldn't necessarily want to play him he probably needs a loan, I think, to League One. He's obviously got potential. I mean, he's, you know, when we signed him, there was lots of people saying he was going to be a good player. He's not ready yet. I wouldn't want to play him yet, so I think we should loan him out. But we we definitely need people for now, and uh, and uh, it worries me the lack of pace. I think is another issue. What I will say though is like that first half performance was really good. Yeah, it was yeah. good, and it was quite. Yeah. I was quite um, pleasantly. Um, 
not surprised, but because I knew the the team could have it in them to produce something like that. But I thought that was a really good, like, uh, like a first forty five minutes was excellent. But like, you know, we're at a higher level now, and to do it overnight, he's going to well. That's going to be the making of this throughout the rest. We either of the needed season. to do it over ninety or take another one of the chances because we could have been two or three. Up yeah, at half time really, and we could have. You know, that, the, the the chance Clark missed where he hit straight the keeper, and there was there was another back post as well. I think Stuart Stuart had a chance as too. I think like we weren't clinical. We, the goal we scored was a lovely clinical header from Clark, but I think we were in other scenarios we weren't clinical enough. And mm. like you say, Tom, you either got to do it over ninety minutes, or you get a little buffer there. And then if you do drop off, you've got. Well, the th- this the thing is, on, on another day we win that two 0 and mm-hmm. you know everyone's happy. So it's like I just didn't want to lose the first game, and no, then yeah. then it brings everyone down a bit. I think it was a good a good test against like a, a good a quite team. a good team, yeah. And yeah, we'll take it into the rest of the campaign to you know. I've got to sound like a fucking football man. I'd say there was yeah. Let's stop talking about it. More 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 positives than negatives going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, we'll take yeah. I I agree. Uh, We'll take we'll we'll take them positives uh, to to Bristol City. We'll uh, take a break, um, and yeah, then we'll talk about that if we must. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Wise Mets uh, preview show. Uh, Someone's head to Ashton Gate on Saturday afternoon. Now, before we give our insight into this uh, fabulous Mm. Fixture in the championship. Um, we're going to hear from a Bristol. Uh, I was going to say Bristol Rovers fan. Don't do that. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm so sorry. Um, we're going to hear from Richard Forrester from Bristol Live. Uh, he's going to give us some thoughts on his team, Bristol City. <laughs> I'm Richard, Richard Forrester. I work as a Bristol City reporter for Bristol Live. Bristol City come out to the, the Bristol, local Bristol band, the Wurzels, and I am a cider drinker. When that comes on, the, you'll, you'll notice the fans will be on their feet on Saturday. Cows are out the green. 
started looking in. Let's see, Sunderman does a sleeping giant, as the old cliche goes, to be honest. Um, my best mate's a Sunderland fan as well. I've, I've heard quite a lot of their trials and tribulations over the years. And uh, to be honest, personally, it's I think it's good to see him back back along in the championship. And I think with Alex Neil in, in charge at the moment, his manager knows knows how to do do the, do the business in the championship. Got plenty of experience, so I think that puts you on a good pedestal for, um, for safety this season. And I think my prediction, I've seen a few... People say that Sunderland will be challenging for the top six. I think that's a little optimistic in my eyes. I reckon, I reckon 14th, 15th. I, I think I've had them in my um, prediction, my pre-season prediction for him. So I think that would be a pretty pretty good campaign, really. I, I, I think the expectations for Bristol City this season are a mid-table finish. Um, 11th, 12th, I think, seems, seems about right, considering where they are at the moment. We finished 17th last season and although there was quite a few positives to take from the season including the strike force, the amount of goals it scored, um, the most outside the top six. The weakness was certainly the defence conceded 77 in, in total throughout the season which was the fourth worst in the league. Pearson has strengthened that with the Karen A. Smith signing and Kane Wilson coming in as well at wing back um, and in truth, you can't really expect another season where they're so defence defensively frail once again. Otherwise, he knows that his job will probably be on the line. Um, and he's just kind of adapted to to their strength last season by keeping the same formation and just adding, plugging the gaps in, in the squad. Um, Alex Scott moving back into midfield with Ben Wilson coming in is, a, is obviously a a bit of a boost for them and they've got a lot more versatility the only slight problem I think is while their squad on first team squad on paper looks strong the squad depth is going to be something I think that could hamper their season if they get a string of injuries and this Saturday I think it's going to be a very tight fourth game two managers who are going to play very similar formations I think they'll probably go like for like and I think it's going to take be a game where it's going to take one kind of moment of quality to, to break the deadlock um, I feel like if Sunderland can, can get ahead in the, in the game you're going to have to work hard to try and break down break down that defence for, for, for large periods but Bristol City started on the front foot against Hull um, for the first 20-25 minutes I expect them in front of a, a packed house really to, to come out and um, really really put be on the front foot against them and put them on the ropes a little bit and try and grab that early goal as they did as they did against Hull but I'm not expecting it to be a classic by any stretch of the imagination but hopefully I think I imagine Sunderland have sold out the away end and, and Bristol City are going to have a big turnout as well at home so the, the atmosphere could, could impact what happens on the pitch my, my prediction for Saturday is going to be 2-1 to, to Bristol City um, it's not very very often so Bristol keep clean sheets so perhaps Sunderland might grab a goal but I think Bristol City will, will do the job to be honest they were, they were pretty strong against Hull and if it wasn't for an incompetent referee then they would have got a point or, or three out of that so I think luck will be on their side this weekend
Thanks very much to Richard for giving us some insight there. Now you're going to hear from the real experts. Real insight, yeah. Real proper insight. You're going to hear some notes now from me. Um, much <laughs> like the Coventry ones that I got wrong last week. Yeah, just, uh, you just when you go on Wikipedia, it's under the section transfers in, not transfers. I didn't go out. on Wikipedia. I went <laughs> yes, on transfer mark. No, I. D- Oh, no, so Mark, to be fair, transfer mark can be uh, confusing because it includes loan returns into ah, transfers in. Wow. So, well, I don't even think I did that. I think I just like <laughs> mentioned someone that just sold. Um, <laughs> well, right, yeah. anyway, well, obviously <laughs> Bristol City beat Hull last week. No, but seriously, they didn't. Um, <laughs> Bristol City played Hull last week and lost to a ninety-fourth minute winner for Hull. I didn't see it. Obviously. Big fat deflection in it. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah, penalty that. in there as well. Yeah, mm. and that was 100% not a penalty. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. oh, Nigel Pearson, human. Speaking of... Uh, oh, wait. No, go on. Continue. Oh. Uh, well, Andy Vyman scored, of course, for Bristol. Uh, Bristol's Austria's Andy Vyman. Yep, my good uh, friend. Your good friend. Uh, he got 22 goals last season for these. Um, but they finished 17th. So, oh. um, yeah. That's, That's not know. very good. No, it's not very good. I don't really know. I think Chris Martin plays for them as well. I think they're, um, yeah, I think I think he obviously is. He's another one of those strikers, as we've just been speaking about previously, who is at this level just dangerous. You know, I mean, he he is obviously former Premier League with Villa, I think, wasn't it? And he's dropped yeah. down. And he, he just scores goals. He plays for Austria, obviously, as well. He's an international striker. Um, he gets chances. He will score them. I think Bristol City's issue is more the back. Um, well, that's Johnny, exactly, yeah. on Monday, Johnny mentioned that they conceded a lot of goals after 90 minutes, and I think that obviously they did again on Saturday. Um, well, they did. So, uh, they did. They did last. They did last season, as uh, as, our, as our friend Richard was was pointing out in the, in the clip. But, yeah, mm. it's not such weird because like it, I I like when you think of pace, you you, you think of solid, like, yeah. but evidently not. I like also. I remember. I, is it before we got Parkinson that oh, we, yeah. we were linked with Nigel Pearson? And we were heavily linked with him, weren't we? Yeah, the rumour was that he wanted to like take over, but he wanted his own backroom team. And was he said not, no. When we got Jackson Phillips, was he? Yeah, he wanted uh, like there was there was talk that he wanted to like be like have a partnership with Kevin Phillips. Because um, he was it. Phillips was his assistant at Leicester, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, was he? But anyway, there we go. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't until I watched the uh, the highlights that I realised Nigel Pearson was Bristol City manager. So uh, that's that's uh, it was new information to me. Yeah, I didn't know until ago. today either. Um, but he's so... had two full seasons there. Oh, this is this would be his second full season. Oh well, and yeah. they've gone from well, he came in the end of twenty twenty one, and then they went. 19th, they finished 19th, then last season 18th, so maybe they'll hit the dizzying heights of 17th or 16th or whatever. Um, well, maybe. maybe. Um, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's enough about them, really, to be honest. Um, also, Andy Vyman always scores against us. Yeah, no, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I remember, like, any time we played Villa, like, because I always thought he would be a good signing for us when we were in the Premier mm-hmm. League. Um, yeah. but he always like one of those players who could have played for us if you know what I mean you know towards the back end of the Premier League year like, I yeah. feel like Andy Biden would have been a oh, he's, yeah he's three I mean, years 
three years younger than me. God. Is he, is he really? God, he's 30. No, he's the <laughs> same age as me. When were you, what, uh, when's your birthday? 28th of January. Uh, yeah, you're older than how did oh, fifth <laughs> of, of August ninety one? Yeah, yeah, that's just fantastic. you got this Semenya as well. Place the fifth of August. That's his birthday tomorrow. All oh, right, so <laughs> I'll go and see him. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Andy Vyman, if you're listening. When this no no birthday goals for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not old, I'm not older than him then. Right. So yeah. Sounds right, good. Okay, well done. Well, well me and Tom are. <laughs> you are. Hey, loser. Yeah, I was, I was 33 yesterday, so I am. Uh, oh, happy birthday, I, uh, Jim. Yeah, thank you. You and Andy so, Ryman mean, could have a joint party. Yeah, a, a, joint party with, a joint party in which Sunderland win and he doesn't score. I think he'd really enjoy yeah. that. It's quite funny that you're 33 because you are a moron. It's thank great. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> 34 in February. Can't wait. <laughs> fabulous. Simply oh, fabulous. Good luck. Um, right, that's um, enough about them uh, and Andy Byman. He'll obviously be playing for them. Um, yes. In terms of who's going to be playing for us, um, but I don't know. Do we do we do we make many changes? Does Alex Nail make? It, there's not a lot he can change it with, if we're honest. No. <laughs> Go on, Jim. This one's yours. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well. I, <laughs> I would, in fairness, probably would make the you know start the same team because that team started well on Saturday. I think it covers covers the base. The only possible change would be maybe giving Roberts a start, but then you'd have to drop Clark, which I don't think would happen. You could and drop Embleton, yeah, but yeah, but I feel like Embleton, although he didn't do a lot, he did. I feel like he's an important part of that system. I think the way he he brings, he obviously him likes him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He did a lot. He does a lot of sort of the simple stuff in 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 there quite well. I think it obviously he's always a goal threat too. So I think he, what he needs to do versus Saturday is maybe make changes earlier. I think that was my main complaint with Neil mm. against Coventry was was the lack of sort of quicker changes. I think um, he could have brought Roberts on early. He could have brought Sims on at least just at all because um, Stewart was was sort of struggling. Yeah, and, um, so, and now, so like thinking. obviously, this year you can make five subs. So yeah, I yes. think we should, I think that's something we should be. Uh, yeah, because even if it's not necessarily bringing better players on, it's bringing fresher players on. Isn't yeah, it? I think you're changing half your team, like, and it yeah. probably did it, and it just it worked. Because yeah. um, even yeah. if we bring on, say, Roberts for Clark, which it feels like for like it's a fresh player coming on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, and, it's true, and like it's yeah, and we, you know Winchester for Gooch, not necessarily an improvement, but it's a fresh player. It's a fresh player, so you've got to always we can always as well move Sirkin out, and we can always bring another defender on if we want to go that way. So there are there are, we need to make more use of the five subs, I think, because yes, we haven't got the depth that we need, but it's not just about improving the play, you know, improving the level of player on the pitch. It's about freshening it up as well. And I think that Stewart could use some help on Saturday, which he didn't really get. Um, no, he was quite isolated. Um, I thought he was. Hmm. Well, it was he did have his best game, but relatively but, poor. Yeah, you, you know he, the few chances he had. He had that one in the first half where he kind of just like his shot was weak and tame, and just sort of went straight to the keeper. And he missed another one as well. Where I think, like realistically, um, he's good. You know, most strikers will take time to to play the way in. But then, if you look at you know some of the goals that 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 have been scored in the championship last weekend by strikers, he he is he does need to. So, Steph, well, I think he will. He's definitely got the attributes to do it, but 
you, you, we're not going to be able to just play him for as long every game as we did in League One because it was a lot easier for him at League One. It's going to be a lot harder for him against these defences. So I think he's going to need either to be taken off or to have someone brought on to help us. So him, Sim, even if Sims, if Sims was to come on and play with him, that could even work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We haven't seen Sims yet, so we don't really know what he's like other than he looks like he's going to be kind of a similar type of player to Stuart. So maybe it would be more like for like, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I guess we say it's it's very early in the season, obviously, and there's no, we talk about preview pods, there's not a lot we can really say. We don't know what, like, it's too early to kind of know what team people are going to pick. No one's in form yet. No one's out for no. It's all very much a lottery. So rather than, you know, spend ages wasting your time pretending we know what formation we're going to play against Bristol City. Um, last week we were talking about Canal in Walsall. And uh, <laughs> most of you, you quite enjoyed it, maybe. Yeah, a couple of mixed reviews. Um, yeah, we had some, we had some uh, very uh, interesting Facebook comments. Some good in. feedback, though. Some nice, we... some nice feedback about um, a very actually dedicated listener that seemed to know every tangent we'd gone off. Um, well, but, I respect but then, this feedback. Um, yeah, I do. And you know, I've learned from it. So, well, you um, know, constructive criticism is always welcome on this show. Yeah, we may has. not listen to it. We may completely well, disregard it. Well, you say this, Tom. So, I've taken this feedback very much on board. Um, yeah. And I uh, asked on the back of last week on Twitter, um, what is the stupidest thing you've ever fallen into? Now, uh, before we start, yeah. I. Uh, at some point, had to leave the office this afternoon. <laughs> so I was, we <laughs> we yeah. got a reply um, from uh, <laughs> from uh, listener Tom. Uh, Tom at Tom Deland is Tom Deland. That's a great. That's a great Twitter. Handle. It's good. I bet you wish you. What, you what he's done there? Yeah, I, I really wish I said it. <laughs> he's taken. He's taken the sun out of Sunderland and put his name Tom into it. Yeah, that's really clever. Yeah, well, well, well done, Jim. well done, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Dillenberg, right, anyway. Oh, yeah. Right, so obviously, what's the stupidest thing you've fallen into? And he's replied with, never fallen into anything, but one time came back from work and it was dark. I thought I saw a sock on the ground, so I kicked it towards the washing (laughs) basket. But it was was actually the dog's shit and it went all (laughs) off the wall. So I replied. I replied with, "I'm laughing out loud. You are a complete moron." Yeah. And then I thought this was over, and he's he's replaced his uh, follow-up tweet. Of, it was back when I lived with my parents, and they had a photo of my sister on the wall, and she was just smeared in dog shit, and just put an unhappy <laughs> face at the end of the tweet. Honestly, I not breathe for laughing this afternoon. So we need to give him some kind of prize because that's the best tweet we've ever received. Yeah, that <laughs> is. Carol, yeah. Can you sort that out, please? That is just absolutely. Also, I, I can just like you know when you come in like. You've been the pub, and you're like you come in late, <laughs> and like, and you too. and you see something on the floor, and you think that you're like prime Kevin Phillips, and you're like, I'm just, yeah. just gonna boot this straight into the washing machine. Watch this. <laughs> so you've like hit that shit with his laces. Yeah, be <laughs> <laughs> so just... a massive like, you know, like proper like massive grin, just like yeah. <laughs> and then oh, just... It's so good. There were a couple of other other good uh, tweets. Josh Roberts has tweeted said. 
I've witnessed someone running into an algae-covered pond thinking it was grass in a park in Delhi. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I can kind of understand that. I don't know. I've never been to Delhi, but that sounds like that might be a normal hazard over there. It's just like... Yeah. Like, the, the, you know, the, the difference between Delhi and Walsall. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering mm. if, like, the uh, staff at the Premier in Delhi got it, <laughs> yeah, got well, it in it. the neck as well. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Uh, Alex, Alex Kirkup said, I fell into a pit of despair between 3pm and 4.45pm most Saturdays between 2016 and 2021, which is quite, which is, I thought was quite funny. But, yeah, I wonder what he was, what was he doing? I mean, I'd... I can't think. No. Maybe he was watching uh, Lee Johnson's uh, summer side. Cool. Um, yeah. uh, Richard Easterbrook, um, that's who the listener must be, I presume, uh, fell into a slurry pit as a young child on a visit to a friend of the family. A slurry pit? A slurry pit? How? That sounds really dangerous. So, no, I'd shame we don't know Richard in order to, to ask him, really. Um, but he said, my mum had to wash me down in their brand new ice white bathroom suite. Oh, nice. Uh, and Getting he also fell out of a four by four straight onto a gravel path, but his feet tangled in the seat belt as he got out. And he still doesn't know how he manages it. Sounds they, like both, they both Brian sound like near de- near, they're, near de- they're both near-death experiences there. That's crazy. They also sound like stuff that happens to cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it just like oh, yeah, yeah. Brian Harvey ran himself over, didn't he? Yeah, but he'd eaten four tuna jacket potatoes and was mm. leaning out of the window and he's sick. <laughs> happens happens to the best of us. Yeah, it uh, certainly does. Um there's any more, yes. Um Dave Marsham uh fell into face first into a hedge on a Sheffield industrial estate in two thousand and seven. Nice. Nice. See, now that that sounds to me that that's kind of like the the quintessential like what have you fallen into? I imagine very much like you know, like a you've been framed type thing where he's just presumably he was having a having a wheel or something. He was having a piss. Yeah, but I didn't want to say that in case he got respectively arrested. Oh yeah, hope he Um, does now. To be fair, yeah. So sorry, Dave, if if you do. if you do get arrested um, well just quickly like, we'll end on some predictions in a second but I just before we, we do um, I fell into the Irish Sea in Whitehaven at the beginning of uh, the coast to coast bike ride you're supposed to dip your wheel traditionally in the sea uh, but it was very slippery on the uh, ramp down towards the sea so I just decided to dip my whole bike and me in the sea as well. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been freezing. For, for uh, well, ages. I was with my dad, who was just boiling with rage and also hugely embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, like, fish you out. <laughs> just it's very much like, yeah, Paul McGoin going to bar, you are not my son. Mm. Uh, have you fallen in anything, Tom? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um um, I've never like I can't well from memory I can't really think of falling into something. I remember once when um, remember we had that really bad winter of like 2011 or something mm. like that, and it like snowed for like three months. Oh, I remember yeah. trying to like walk home from the pub and like because right. I went out drinking in Tilly's and then I tried to oh, walk yeah, home yeah. and then I just kept falling over because <laughs> it was <laughs> ice everywhere. Uh, yeah, so 
Well, there's something very funny about that, to be fair. Jim, falling into anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm well known um, among sort of friends of kind of being incredibly clumsy. So I've spent a lot of my life sort of falling on the ground, falling over hilariously. <laughs> so I remember there was, oh, there, was, there was one when I was a kid where we were on a school trip at Tynemouth Beach uh, in the sea, and I just just fell in the sea and didn't have any spare clothes. So it was just sad. yes, I had to go all on the bus on the bus back, just absolutely soaked. Um, <laughs> recently, we were on a walk um, around some like. It was on. It was on some like national trust place near Bolton. I can't remember what it was. Basically, there was a barbed wire fence that everyone else climbed <laughs> over, and I just tripped and just like fell, <laughs> and like my trousers just ripped all down the side on the barbed you wire. Lose. There's very, there's various other examples of me falling over. I even fall up the stairs, fall down the stairs, and Fabulous. sometimes I'm drunk, sometimes I'm so. But I'm just very clumsy in general. That's um, a good effort. Hey, it's good. Oh, yeah, very good. It's very good falling and stuff. Quickly before we get out of here, uh, I'm going to go home from work. Predictions. Um, quickly, prediction, Jim and goal scorers. Sunderland, 2-1 two, two, win. Um, a, Ross, a Ross Stewart brace. Okay. Tom? 1-1. One, one. Uh, Andy Vyman and Ellis Sims. I think we'll win 3-1. Ooh, Ooh uh, TGB. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, a Vyman, obviously, for them. And uh, I think uh, Clark, Corey Evans. And uh, Ballard. Oh, just uh, just remembered before we go, uh, I'd like to uh, make a mention to a man I met in <laughs> watching a Danish cup match uh, while I was in Copenhagen, who was wearing a from the terraces hat. And fabulous! Is that how you identify? Yeah, I actually did. <laughs> no, it is. He did. He texted me. He said, "Yeah." And this, uh, so I got chatting to him, and it turns out he uh, he's a Bronbury season ticket holder and during the lockdown watched the documentary and then <laughs> after that list started listening to this very podcast oh well does that does he want to be called a loser <laughs> uh well, i don't know i don't know what loser is in danish no well, but, we'll not uh, call him that no no he was a, he was a very nice man so uh he sounds it sounds good well, well, thanks for listening yeah jonas yeah. jonas, jonas uh, yeah um, thanks very much what for a listening. Legend. we love you thanks we for listening Thanks for yeah. listening. Well, hopefully he's listening to this and hopefully he'll listen on Saturday. I'll be back with some kind of reaction pod on Saturday. Um, and then uh, Gareth and Steve will be back on Monday. Buy the magazine, subscribe to the newsletter, whatever. Um, right. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.